Hello, I'm Dr. Annaline Weston, Dental Legal Consultant at Dental Protection. Welcome to Risk Bites, a series of podcasts created specifically for dental practitioners in Australia. Risk Bites looks at key dental legal risks and issues affecting dental practitioners across Australia and provides helpful advice and guidance on how to steer clear of them, leaving you free to provide safe and high quality dental care for your patients. In this edition, my colleague, Dr. Simon Parsons, is going to take us through a contemporary issue, that being whether our technology can truly and meaningfully replace the more traditional recording methods, in this case, the odontogram. So Simon, we're seeing the rapid adoption of new technology amongst dental practitioners. And one of the questions we seem to be getting asked a lot is, do I still need a dental charting if I'm taking an intraoral scan of my patient? Now, before I get your definitive views on this, I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are about this sort of clinical record taking generally. Do you think it's something with inherent value and therefore something we should all be doing more of? I'm really glad to have the opportunity to talk about this subject as it is one of my favorites at the moment. That's because I feel it really is an exciting time for all of us who work in dentistry. There's been a significant increase in the past two to three years in the uptake of intraoral scanners in dental practices, with projections of annual growth of around 20% per annum in the use of intraoral scanning. And many of the practitioners I speak to have decided to adopt this new technology in their everyday practice. They're certainly a glamorous and often helpful means of showing a patient features of their dentition, often in full color, And this information can be really helpful in discussing issues that may or may not require some form of clinical intervention. And because intraoral scanners do not come cheaply, many dentists and their other surgery staff may use some form of imaging with their regular patients, not just for those requiring crown and bridge work or some aligner therapy. So I can see a lot of inherent value in using imaging of this type for treatment planning, Visualization of the difference an intervention might make, such as orthodontic aligners and the potential outcomes, and in simply helping our patients to be better informed overall about their oral health. Great. And we all know that comprehensive images of the oral cavity in dentistry is nothing really new, don't we, Simon? Agreed. Orthodontists have taken a series of images from different perspectives as part of a case workup prior to banding, sometimes during treatment and also once treatment has been completed. So imaging of each arch is not really anything novel, but it is used more widely now than simply for orthodontic purposes. And often scanners are being used in lieu of DSLRs to obtain these images. GP dentists and some therapists and hygienists seem to be adopting full mouth scans in their everyday practice And some may also take multiple DSLR images as well. Further, the use of intraoral cameras to photograph individual teeth is nothing new and seems commonplace in many practices. So should we be doing even more of it? Absolutely. A full mouth scan can be invaluable in a whole variety of ways. Can you explain that further, please? I can. At dental protection, we are often called upon to assist members who have had allegations made about the care they've provided a patient being substandard or that a condition was never diagnosed correctly. I think we've all had patients say to us something like, you know that tooth that you last worked on, 
and then point to a tooth next to it or even distant from the one that you have actually treated. Having visual evidence of a patient's baseline clinical presentation in all its good and bad aspects can be so helpful when then trying to respond to these sorts of allegations. We have encountered allegations of severe gingivitis following veneer placement, for example, where it would have been helpful to have photos or images of the before and after periodontal condition to help understand whether a particular form of treatment has contributed to the condition that's been claimed. That's because it is so much harder for a patient to allege wrongdoing in the face of this sort of evidence. And it has, of course, been said you can never have too much information. Yes, and while I do suspect that this isn't strictly true, I do feel that full mouth photographs or scans have a genuine role in comprehensively documenting a patient's clinical status in a similar way to situations where clinicians may take an OPG to assess the hard tissues generally. Further, we all know that some of our patients respond better to written information, others prefer it verbally, and still others are visual people. Having comprehensive imaging helps us cater to those who have a preference for the visual, while also allowing us to use the images and narrate to them for the verbal patient types, or emailing screenshots with an explanation for those patients with a preference for the written form. And just as we have found new and exciting uses for our smartphones, way beyond making calls or reading messages, so too is the potential of interoral scanning. One article I recently read coming out of Japan cites a possible use of intraoral scanning to assist in the identification of dementia patients who may have wandered off from care facilities. While I don't see it replacing fingerprint or retinal scanning anytime soon, especially in a denture wearer, it's certainly true that we have yet to explore the full potential of this technology and that the 20 or more companies who are marketing these machines will find new and interesting applications for them beyond the obvious sometime soon. So does this mean that a dental charting or an odontogram is effectively redundant now? No, I see us being in a transition phase at the moment, a bit like when we moved from handwritten dental clinical notes to electronic ones. When I moved to electronic records, my staff pulled the record cards for each patient I was treating, and I referred to them in the first few years until the electronic record became the go-to on an everyday basis. While I can see there being some value for a conventional charting for new patients at your practice, how are you going to manage the monitoring for that patient over time? How will you easily know what treatment has been done, what was pre-existing, and perhaps more importantly, what still needs to be done? Will you be able to do this quickly, efficiently, and accurately using comparative scans. In my view, these three issues constitute the most significant functions and benefits of conventional tooth charting. That's because firstly, they tell us what is pre-existing. That's to say, they establish a baseline from which we can monitor changes over time. Two, they help us quickly see what needs to be done and allow us to print out a quote for that purpose to give to our patients. And third, they allow us to note and record certain issues such as demineralization and shadowing 
that we may be monitoring or watching, but not necessarily doing anything invasive to for now. So in one sense, then, an odontogram charting helps us capture the rationale for some of the treatment we do now or delay till later, while a scan won't do this unless it's somehow digitally annotated. A full mouse scan can certainly help you record in high definition the baseline conditions and through comparison of successive scans, allow monitoring of lesions, soft tissue attachments, restoration integrity, tooth wear and the like but it can't on its own facilitate quotations and identification of these factors in a simple manner. I suspect it will soon, and there's definitely workarounds that can be explored, but there's still a role for a charting for the time being. Having said that, some of these situations seem to be able to be better monitored by an intraoral scan or DSLR photo series than by a simple charting. Scans can demonstrate progressive wear, tooth movement, including eruption of second and third molars and changes to anterior crowding, demineralization, tooth shade and color, especially if there is a single discolored tooth that may have been recently traumatized, and all sorts of other useful information that a normal tooth charting might not readily document. There's also very sophisticated software that can merge CBCT images and intraoral scans to give you a pretty detailed view of someone's oral cavity and supporting structures. While that's not needed for most of our patients and might be overkill and even overtreatment if approached as a routine assessment tool, it nevertheless can be the sort of diagnostic and planning information that we used to only ever dream of. But we do need to consider the periodontal charting as well, don't we, Simon? Yes, this type of charting can be problematic. Most of the electronic ones I've used derive the missing teeth automatically from the main tooth charting. So there's something to be said for having a conventional charting in hand if you're doing any significant perio treatment. Otherwise, you will need to chart conventionally in one shape or form or risk having your measurements recorded on the wrong teeth. There's emerging evidence too that a full periodontal charting is becoming expected for a comprehensive adult new patient examination. So this isn't something we can simply choose to ignore. So what this means then is that there's a role for both conventional charting and intraoral scanning or a full mouse photo series, rather than seeing one as displacing or perhaps replacing the other. Yes, having both sources of information updated periodically can prove to be very useful for monitoring of a patient's oral health and on occasion, if defense of a claim or a complaint is required. Speaking of the defending of complaints and claims, what is the regulatory position on scans in lieu of a charting? The DBA retired their guidelines for dental records in 2020, and it is now considered that the code of ethics in dentistry and a self-reflexive tool are sufficient guidance for practitioners. Having read both from front to back, it's clear to me that the board still have an expectation that dental chartings form the basis of a detailed clinical record. That's evidenced in the tool they provide where they ask clinicians to reflect on whether they routinely record, identify, and manage the following clinical information. Radiographs, scans, images, models, charts, including a record of your interpretation of those 
radiographic scan images, models, and charts, and other diagnostic data, such as dental charting of examination findings, soft tissue and temporomandibular joint examination findings, pulp sensibility tests, percussion tests, mobility tests, palpation tests, periodontal probing, and so on. This all suggests to me that they see scans, imaging, and charting all within a similar category, and that they all require interpretation wherever the information is not self-explanatory or unambiguous. Like any charting or any image, it can be open to interpretation more often than not. So our notes about our clinical findings and diagnoses are critical in sketching out the full picture of a patient's presenting condition. A scan alone, with no commentary or interpretation, is pretty much meaningless. I suppose what I'm really trying to say is this. It is tempting to see an intraoral scan as a potentially time-saving and less tedious means of recording a patient's dentition. And perhaps it can be, but it won't be any more useful to anyone unless it is carefully reviewed and analyzed. That's the time-consuming part. Hopefully it means that if you review these images carefully and systematically, you'll glean a higher level of information than simply recording a conventional charting. But that's up to the individual practitioner to do and to incorporate into a habit that is performed comprehensively for each patient that they perform a scan on. And I imagine in group practices where there may not be an intraoral scanner or DSLR in every surgery, that there will remain the need to remember to review one's scans and save them onto the server and try to compare them to previous ones while managing access to the equipment for other users at the practice. This isn't always easy, but hopefully there will be solutions to this in the near future that will allow faster rendering of scans and easier file transfers. Are there any real disadvantages to having full mouth intraoral scans or a photo series? Actually, there can be if you fail to diagnose something readily apparent in these records. I was recently consoling a member who failed to diagnose some radiographic dentinal caries on a patient's premolar a couple of years ago, and now that tooth is exhibiting pulpal symptoms. Having evidence that the caries was there two years ago and missed is pretty damning. Ironically, if that record was not in existence, it might be possible to claim that the caries was only a recent problem. We know of several other cases where imaging has been taken, including on rare occasions, CBCTs, MRIs and the like, and where oral pathologies such as dentigerous cysts and squamous cell carcinomas have been missed, simply because these lesions were not being looked for in the area of interest in the scan. This obviously doesn't make these investigations redundant, but what it does do is serve as a reminder that the information is only useful if it is carefully looked at. We're also busy these days that a cursory glance at these images may result in something pretty obvious being overlooked. Your patient may later query why he or she wasn't informed about something that was evident to them and to you with the benefit of hindsight on an earlier scan.
So the more information you collect, the greater will be your responsibility to interpret and use that information. There's also an increased storage requirement of this data. And ideally it will be stored securely with other clinical information rather than on a DSLR memory card or a laptop that may be stolen, lost or damaged. Overall, I suspect this means that we ought to eagerly adopt new and useful technologies such as these, but do so with a true commitment to high quality dental practice, improving our care in the process, rather than viewing these machines as a means to simply save us time. So I'm sensing then that we can't dispense with the conventional chartings right now. I don't believe so, but watch this space because I suspect it's only a matter of time before the technology becomes so sophisticated that we can do so the same way that nearly all of us no longer bother with a standalone camera while on holidays. Thank you so much, Simon, for that relevant and helpful content. And thank you all for listening. We do hope this podcast was helpful to you and we look forward to sharing more guidance with you in the future. If you like Dental Protection Podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.